Chapter Ten of Rowdy of the Cross L by B. M. Bower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter Ten. Harry Conroy at home. It was late next morning when they got under way, for they had not reached camp until long after midnight, and Wooden Shoes was determined the cattle should have one good feed and all the water they wanted to requite them from the hard drive of the day before. Pink rode out with Rowdy to the herd. A heavy-lidded, gloomy Rowdy he was, and not amiably inclined toward the small talk of the range. But Pink had slept five whole hours and was almost his normal self, which means that speech was not to be denied him. "'What you mourning over?' he bantered. "'Mad cause the reservation's so close?' "'Sure,' assented Rowdy, with deep sarcasm. "'That's what I thought.' Studying up the nicest way of giving brother-in-law the glad hand, ain't ya? He's no relation of mine and never will be, said Rowdy curtly. And I'll thank you, Pink, to drop that subject for good and all. Down she goes, assented Pink, quite unperturbed. But the cards ain't all turned yet, you want to remember. I wouldn't pass on no hand like you got. I wanted a girl right bad, Rowdy. I'd wait till I got refused before I'd quit. Seems to me you changed your politics lately, Rowdy retorted. A while back you was cussing the whole business. Now you're worse than an old maid aunt. Pink, you may not be wise to the fact, but you sure are an inconsistent little devil. Are you going to hunt Harry up and... I thought I told you to drop that. Did you? All right, then. Only I hope you didn't leave your gun packed away in your bed, he insinuated. You can take a look tonight if you want to. Pink laughed in a particularly infectious way he had, and before he quite knew it, Rowdy was laughing also. After that, the world did not look quite so forlorn as it had, nor the day's work so distasteful. So Pink, having accomplished his purpose, was content to turn the subject. There's old Liney. He pointed her out to Rowdy. Fresh as a metal lark. I had a big grouch against her yesterday, just because she batted her eyes and kept putting one foot ahead of the other. I could have killed her. But she's all right, that old girl. The way she led down that black coolie last night wasn't slow. Say, she's an ambitious old party. I wish you was riding point with me, Rowdy. The silent one talks just about as much as that old cow. He sure loves to live up to his rep. Oh, go on to work, Rowdy admonished. You make me think of a magpie. All the same, he looked after him with smiling lips and eyes that forgot their gloom. He even whistled while he helped round up the scattered herd, ready for that last day's drive. Every man in the outfit comforted himself with the thought that it was the last day's drive. After long weeks of trailing lean herds over barren, wind-brushed hills, the last day meant much to them. Even the silent one sang something they had never heard before, about, If only I knew you were true. They crossed the rocking lar field, took down four panels of fence, passed out, and carefully put them up again behind them. Before them stretched level plain for two miles. Beyond that, a high rocky ridge that promised some trouble with the herd, and after that more plain 
and a coulee or two, and then, on a far slope, the reservation. The cattle were rested and fed and walked out briskly. The ridge neared perceptibly. Pink's shrill whistle carried far back down the line and mingled pleasantly with voices calling to one another across the herd. Not a man was humped listlessly in his saddle. Instead, they rode with shoulders back and hats at diverse jaunty angles to keep the sun from shining in eyes that faced the future cheerfully. The herd steadily climbed the ridge, choosing the smoothest path and the easiest slope. Pink assured the line-back cow that she was a peach and told her to go to it, old girl. The silent one's pockets were quite empty of rocks, and the prairie dogs chipped and flirted with their funny little tails unassailed. And Rowdy, from wondering what had made Pink change his attitude so abruptly, began to plan industriously the next meeting with Jesse Conroy, and to build a new castle that was higher and airier than any he had ever before attempted, and perhaps had a more flimsy foundation for it rested precariously on Pink's idle remarks. The point gained the top of the ridge, and Pink turned and swung his hat jubilantly at the others. The reservation was in sight, though it lay several miles distant. But in that clear air, one could distinguish the line fence, if one had the eye of faith and knew just where to look. Presently he observed a familiar horseman climbing the ridge to meet them. Eagle Creek's coming! he shouted to the man behind. Come alive there and don't let em roam all over the map. Get some style on ya. Those who heard laughed. No one ever dreamed of being offended at what Pink said. Those who had not heard had the news passed on to them in various forms. Wooden Shoes, who had been loitering in the rear gossiping with the men, rode on to meet Smith. Eagle Creek urged his horse up the last steep place, right in the face of the leaders, which halted and tried to turn back. Pink, swearing in a whisper, began to force them forward. Let em alone, Eagle Creek bellowed harshly. I ain't going no further. What? Pink stopped short and eyed him critically. Eagle Creek could not justly be called a teetotaler, but Pink had never known him to get worse than a bit wobbly in his legs. His mind had never fogged perceptibly. Still, something was wrong with him, that was certain. Pink glanced dubiously across at the silent one and saw him shrug his shoulders expressively. Eagle Creek rode up and stopped within ten feet of the line-backed cow. She seemed hurt at being held up in this manner, Pink thought. You'll have to turn this herd back, Eagle Creek announced bluntly. Where to? Pink asked, too stunned to take in the meaning of it. To hell, I guess. It's the only place I know of where everybody is welcome. Eagle Creek's tone was not pleasant. We just came from there, Pink said simply, thinking of the horrors of that drive. Where's Wooden Shoes? snapped the old man, and the foreman's hat crown appeared at that instant over the ridge. Well, we're up against it, Eagle Creek greeted. That damn agent, or the fellow he had working for him, reported his renting us pasture made the report read about twice as many as we're putting on he got orders now to turn out every hoof but what belongs there my lord wouldn't she gasp at the catastrophe which faced the cross l that's harry conroy's work pink cut in sharply 
he'd hurt the cross l if he could to spite me and rowdy he no matter seeing it's done you might as well turn the herd loose right here and let em go to the devil i don't know what else to do with em anything gone wrong it was rowdy who had left his place and ridden forward to see what was holding the herd back nah we're fired off the reservations all we got orders to take the herd to hell eagle creek's leased it mr satan is going to keep house here in montana he says it's better for his trade pink informed him in his girlish treble eagle creek turned on him fiercely then thought better of it and grinned them arrangements wouldn't make us any worse off than what we are he commented turn em loose boys man if you turn em loose here the first storm that hits em they'll all die wooden shoes interposed excitedly there ain't nothing for em we had to turn em on to the rockin our field last night to get water and feed red willis gone dry outside that field there ain't nothing they'll die eagle creek looked at him dully for the first time in his life he faced utter ruin damn em let em die then he said that's what they'll sure do wooden shoes reiterated stubbornly if they don't get feed and water now you needn't start no round-up next spring pink's eyes went down over the close huddled backs and the thicket of polished horns and his eyelids stung would all of them die he wondered four thousand he hoped not there must be some way out down the hill he knew the cowboys were making cigarettes while they waited and wondered mightily what it was all about if they only knew he thought there would be more than one rope ready for harry conroy how about the peck reservation couldn't you get em on there rowdy ventured not a hoof growled eagle creek with his chin sunk against his chest there's thirty thousand valley county cattle on there now he looked down at the cattle as pink had done God, it's bad enough to go broke he groaned but to think of them poor brutes dying off in bunches for for want of grass and water i've run that brand for over thirty year end of chapter ten